Welcome to the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. There's a lot we've discussed about South Africa's agricultural sector over the past uh, few segments. And I think today it's only right that we look into the continent. Uh, And the exciting country that I think it's worth focusing on this week is Kenya. Uh, Kenya, there's a new president there, uh, William Ruto, and his administration has already been making some important changes on agricultural regulations, which I think will have uh, long-term implications for agricultural productivity. And the one I want to focus on is the uh, uh, lifting of the ban on the cultivation of genetically modified maize, particularly white maize. Kenya, like much of the African uh, countries, have had a long-term ban on imports and cultivation of genetically modified crops. One of the countries that have been an exception is, of course, my home country, South Africa, where since year 2000 and 2001 season, we started growing at a commercial scale genetically modified maize, soybeans and the other crops. Uh, And we've been successful in terms of improvements in yields. Of course, improvements in yields are influenced by many things, but I think just being more open to science has been beneficial to productivity. In fact, if you were to look at the maize yields in South Africa today, on average, rain-fed, which means not under irrigation, it's around about six tons uh, per, per hectare. And you look at what's going on in much of the African uh, uh, countries, you find that the average uh, maize yield in the sub-Saharan Africa region is just under two tons per hectare. So that just shows you that difference that is there. Of course, some may make a point and say, these are yields by smallholder farmers. What are the yields by more smallholder farmers in South Africa and all of those technicalities. But the bottom point here is that there's a major yield difference. Fertilizer usage between these countries and South Africa is also one of the contributing factor. South Africa uses, for example, about 90 kgs per hectare of fertilizer. But if you are to look on average in much of the African continent, it's around about 20 kgs per hectare. So that also has an impact um, on the yields that uh, the growers get to see, to receive, or farmers get to receive when they're planting. But we cannot take away the fact that the cultivation of genetically modified crops in South Africa is somewhat also possibly boosted um, that, that, that those yields that we, we see here at home. Now, Kenya is taking a different stand. It's now opening up, almost taking a stand that is similar to South Africa, where they say they can import genetically modified crops and they will also be planting them there. Uh, there's still a couple of steps that needs to, to be done. The Kenyan authorities, Kenya's biosafety authorities are probably still going to go down now with the technical work and approving certain varieties and cultivars that can be planted and specifying those that can also be imported. But the point is now the new administration has opened that door. We're no longer having a country which was very much against anything that is more on a scientific perspective. And I think for a country that is like Kenya, which is a major consumer of maize. This is an important step. And in fact, over the past few uh, uh, seasons, Kenya have been importing large volumes of maize, being one of the major importers of maize in the East Africa region or even in the Sub-Saharan Africa region. Take, for example, the past season. Kenya imported about 700,000 tons of maize. In the current year, which is the 2022-23 season, which starts this year and ends next year, 
Kenya still has a large import requirement. They still have to import about 700,000 tons of maize, which is roughly the same with what they've imported in the, in the previous year. In the previous year, they got a lot of assistance from the likes of Tanzania, Zambia, and the others, which have had surpluses, and they were able to export to Kenya. This time around, though, Tanzania has struggled. Uh, we see its maize production, for example, for the current season is down by uh, 16%, which is the season that we just finished. Uh, harvesting not the new one that we are planting it's down by 16 percent that has also reduced the volume of maize that is available for export markets and he has implications then for kenya and one then can say why can't kenya look to south africa and in the past it was difficult to look to south africa because of these genetically modified bands that were there Uh, kenya couldn't really enjoy the south african maize and in south africa over 80 percent of maize production is genetically modified so that was a, a, a difficult what they could have done perhaps maybe then at the time is to lifting the ban just like it happened in Zimbabwe where Zimbabwe lifted the ban on the importation of maize and that maize if it's imported it comes in and it goes directly to to for milling but of course that can assist in the short term for the consumption then the question remains to say but if it's a situation like that like what we see in Zimbabwe we are also disadvantaging the Zimbabwean farmers because they are not getting the same seeds as their counterparts in South Africa which that is a different argument and a different story but it would have been remain an important point to consider but now what's important about Kenya is that they will also be over time having certain varieties that might be similar to South Africa or closer or having some bit of advantage on 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 growing uh, some of the or uh, or the or the hybrid and the genetically modified seeds rather than only just focusing on the importation, which is why it's so important what President Ruto did of making sure that the, there's a lifting of the ban for imports, but also lifting of the ban for cultivation, which means then once the scientists have done their work um, and approve our particular strains or lines of varieties, it will be clear which ones of those that they will be planting. But I think this is an important point because what it will seek to do now is to say, how do we get Kenya to improve its agricultural productivity and output in general in volumes so that it's no longer as reliant on the imports as the numbers that I was just mentioning earlier, which is the 700,000 tons that they, they expected to import. And for them to swing from being a, a, a major importer to going on on a net export, of course, the science part, which is uh, growing, um, a, a, a opening up for GM seeds, but also using fertilizers and the other agrochemicals that assist them is going to be one step um, in that direction. We also know, though, that they were also confronted by drier weather conditions, which weighed on their yields. There were stories of the fall army worms in some of the seasons. Um, and currently, with the higher fertilizer prices, it's also leading to a reduced fertilizer usage, particularly in the likes of Tanzania, which is one of the things that has contributed to that 16% decline in Tanzania's maize production. So there's a lot of variables and things that are moving around, but I think from a broad level we can judge what President Ruto is doing as a positive for Kenya's agricultural sector, making sure that it's modernizing the sector, keeping up with what the the other parts of the the agricultural abundant uh, countries like South Africa 
Brazil, the US, Argentina are doing because these are countries that have moved uh, way ahead on actually saying they will embrace technology. So it's also for me sitting here um, in Pretoria and looking um, uh, what's happening in Nairobi, what's happening in Kenya as, as one of the positive steps to see that as a continent we are beginning to embrace technology and we are moving towards uh, this direction. The hope is that it will boost Kenya's yields uh, to closer to levels of what we see in South Africa. Of course that is not going to be an overnight thing but it will be over time and the change on the seeds is not the only one story productivity is influenced by many things just like i mentioned um in the case uh, of south africa onto that but i think overall what we see is a positive and we hope that uh kenya will continue uh with this with with with, with this with this with this uh, approach and vision into agriculture so that it can also play its major part in the agricultural sector and I think it will also be an anchor for, for East Africa because that, that's an important region, uh, a good rainfall, and it's an important region for growing the agricultural sector. Kenya could be the first to do this. Uh, and, and I think over time, the likes of Tanzania, Malawi can also rethink their agricultural sector and think of the ways of actually embracing uh, science um, onto that, and which I think it will, be, it will be a major shift. But I think um, one must mention that this is not something that is only happening in Kenya. Uh, in China, for example, we read uh, now and then about some of the strains that have been approved and it looks like Kenya, China is also opening up to, to cultivation of the genetically modified crops. Uh, about a few weeks ago, there were reports of such uh, developments, uh, but of course there isn't uh, a full approval now for, 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 for all of the maize for commercial cultivation, but there's work that is underway uh, uh, towards that. We also read uh, a couple of months ago about some of the developments that are happening in the, in the EU. So these are some of the things that I think many people are, are looking at, at these ways of saying how do they embrace science to boost uh, agricultural productivity. And it's happening at an important time of the global food crisis, which I think it worries everyone. And some of the recent news, which I think many people saw this past weekend, is of course Russia pulling out uh, of the, the Black Sea grain deal, which on its own is going to present additional pressures on the global food uh, uh, supplies and, and the food security arguments. So what Kenya is doing and all of them, they are setting themselves well to say they will use science to boost productivity so that over time they can have sufficient or maybe vibrant agricultural sector which improves their food security. But the whole story about the global food security and the Russia-Ukraine thing, I'm bringing it up to say this environment of fragile global food system, it's already as, uh, leading to many people to ask themselves to say in their own specific countries, what can they do to ensure that they improve their agricultural productivity um, and, and, their, uh, and, and generally their agricultural output. And I think using science and embracing any methods that work elsewhere is a positive step to doing that. That's all I wanted to discuss um, in this week's segment. I will come back uh, next week uh, either with a focus on a global aspects or some of the key things that we are learning in, in, in South Africa. Uh, and, and, and we'll explore those. We recently finalized a trip which were in the Eastern Cape, speaking to agribusinesses and the farmers and learning about some of the key problems that they are experiencing. I may say a bit about that uh, in the next segment. Uh, but that's it for now. My name is Wandi Lesihlobo. I'm an agricultural economist based in Pretoria. You can read more about some of the things that I write in my blog, wandilesihlobo.com or in the organization that I work for's website, which is Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, AGBIS. It's on www.agbiz.co.za. Thank you for listening.